Hi, Eric. Welcome to another edition of Life Moments, Living Your Future Every Day. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Gary. I appreciate uh, you having me on. So tell us just a little about yourself, Eric. Yeah, so I've been in real estate now for just a little over six years, uh, four years with Keller Williams. Um, when I when I came to the company, I was a uh, in-paying individual agent and um, knew that I wanted to continue growing and, and built the team the following year. And and now we do uh, just right around 300 um, closings a year for about 2.1 in GCI. And, uh, and so we've been doing this now for two and a half years as a team. Now, what did you do uh, six years ago? What did you do before real estate? Yeah, actually, the first two years when I was in real estate were the last two years I was uh, selling paint. So I was uh, a, a paint sales rep for Sherwin-Williams for seven years. Holy cow. I love yeah. Sherwin-Williams. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, that's why you look, that's why uh, your room looks colorful, right? Your jacket, <laughs> the chairs. Um, that's right. Yeah, I got that's it. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So what led you into the paint business and out of the paint business? Yeah, I actually had a background in uh, radio and television. I started doing uh, radio and TV as a kid and um, and realized that I made no money. And it's a long road to get anywhere um, through the business as far as until you can get to a place where you actually earn a living. And so yeah. um, I figured if I could talk on TV, I could probably talk to people. And so Sherwin-Williams just happened to be the first place that hired me. And I knew nothing about pain and nothing about construction. And so... Uh, I ended up there and I learned everything about business and about systems and about um, and about qualifying and selling. And, and wow. what I realized, though, was that my my paint customers oftentimes were making more money with less education and less um, systems and structures than we were being taught. And uh, wow. and so I thought, well, I'll go flip houses. And I didn't know anything about it. And so I flopped. Uh, where were you? Where Where were you? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Indianapolis now, and that's okay. and that's uh, where I was at the time as well. Okay, okay. And, and so, that, but that was 2009. So, as you would imagine, the first house I bought didn't didn't do well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I, the, but I got the bug, and my my goal was I would get out of selling paint by flipping four homes a year, and that was why I got licensed. I thought that would be uh, how I'd no longer sell paint again, and so. Um, yeah. So I kind of by by accident. Um, have my business take off and I never had any intention of selling real estate. But what I found was the more I talked about real estate, the more people wanted to talk about real estate. And uh, as soon as I got a commission check, that was about a quarter of my annual earnings at the, at the paint company. The, the more I got addicted to um, being able to control my own living and my own outcome yeah. and have that freedom there. I love so, that. Um, yeah. So when we look at a business as big as yours, um, the uh you did um i mean you were you were you were close to two million right yeah. in 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 commission income gross that you brought into your business that's a massive business man yeah. it's a massive business how do you do that i mean you know and and you and, and you did it in six years yeah yeah it's man. crazy truthfully yeah crazy um, so tell me that tell me about that how do you do that i mean seriously how do you do it yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to give the easy answer and and say um, you just follow the system and model. But the reality is, it to some degree is that easy. And so, one what does that, what does that mean to you? Yeah, what do you? Yeah, what do you so, think? yeah, for for me, the model is is a way of thinking. Okay. And and so what I try to teach throughout our organization is really a, a way of systems based thinking, and okay. and, and detaching from the way that we think 
the business should look like or the way that we think the business should be. And so, you know, we're, we're split up from a, from a MREA model perspective, from a finances and from a job allocation perspective. But, but really what I, what I'm big on is teaching my people how to think. Okay. And so it's by having a thinking model that allows our agents to be successful. And so we've been a team where, um, the, the most tenured agent has less than two years of experience in, um, on our team. We've actually never hired anyone with any experience at all. And, um, and our top agent sells 70 homes a year and, and everyone sells 30 plus um, in order to do that. And, and that's by, by teaching them how to think as soon as they, they join the company. So uh, walk us through the steps, though. How do you build that business? How do you how do you do that? You know, right? Um, one day you're you're not selling anything. The next day, six years later, right? You're you're generating almost two million in in, in income, gross income. For me, what, it's simple. what did you do? Just why don't yeah. you tell us the story. Tell tell yeah. us in 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 you know briefly, but just tell us the story. So how how do you go from that to that? Well, part of it is is that. I always was very simple and I didn't know anything about Keller Williams. I didn't know anything about the MREA and I'd sold 130 homes as an individual. And uh, I did it by having a business plan to go on one appointment a day. Okay. And I just thought if I could go on one appointment a day, my goal was to sell 35 homes that year. Um, I ended up selling uh, 76 and it was by having just one singular focus and by being incredibly simple, and, and just meeting with someone to talk about real estate, which really just ends up being pipeline building. Yeah. And, and so I just well, knew yeah. that if I met people, yeah. I, yeah. Love, I love this. I love this. And, and it's, you're, you're so right. The, um, um, that, is, that is, in a nutshell, genius, what you just said. And it's so right. So how do you ensure, if you will, that you would go on an appointment a day? Uh, what would what, what would be the things that you did that made that happen? So I, I've been fairly marketing based always because um, I didn't know anything about being lead generation based when I started. And so um, so I always just put myself out there and talked about real estate. The thing that I found is that everyone wants to talk about real estate. We have the luxury of being in an industry that is so incredibly easy to have a conversation around. Right. And, and whether it was, you know, posting before and after photos on Facebook of, of, a, of a house maybe that I'd walked through or that was a flip of mine or of customers or, or just talking about real estate to anyone and everyone who would listen and meet. If, if you even remotely expressed wanting to move in the next decade, I, I was likely going to meet with you originally because I, I looked at it like I didn't have any closings 10 years from now. Yeah. So, so how do you make that happen? This idea of you're going to go talk real estate. I know there was a, um, there was a gentleman, he's now retired out of real estate. Um, but it, it, I believe he was in his seventies. I couldn't have this wrong. But I believe he was in his, his mid to late seventies and he was selling a tremendous amount of real estate and he would actually go to the mall every day yep. and he would hang out at the mall. Right. Yeah. And he would just look for opportunities to talk to people about real estate and he would pass out his card and built a huge business before yeah. he retired. What did, what did you do? So I, I worked with, um, with investors or I guess, well, with contractors really. And, and some of my contractors in the paint business invested. And so um, I, I talked to them a lot to try to understand tangibly construction and their businesses. And, and through doing that, I built rapport. So if they had flips, I listed some of them. 
Um, and, and then by getting listings, I was able, of course, then to hold open houses and through those open houses and listings, I got sign calls and then continued to multiply that. And if any given time someone talked about anyone in their life needing to move, I followed up and the consistency of pipeline buildings all in following up. So, um, yeah, same end of that. It, it is all in following up. Um, so was, was one appointment a day, was that, did you did you count a phone call as an appointment or was this in person? What how what was the yeah, appointment? In person. in person. I had to meet someone to talk about about their motivation and timeline about real estate. In fact, we still do that now. Um, you know, our agents need to know their motivation and I quantify motivation by timeline usually. I love that. So let's fast forward because you yeah. you an appointment a day doesn't alone get you to to where you are today. Right. So, so, what would you say the 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 handful of 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 um, things that you did that you know caused you to be where you are, Eric? Decided to reinvent myself, and and I mean, yeah. So, like, oddly enough, I, I have this mohawk kind of as a joke, even. At, but, but really, in that, I was talking with people dude, about, dude, dude, dude. I'm wearing, I'm wearing mohawk shoes. Nice. Mohawk, I mohawk, need those. Yeah. My, what size shoe do you wear? Twelve. Mohawk shoes. I'm gonna to have figure, to look that up. I have to figure it out. Yeah, mohawk is the, um, is the, um, is the cool, edgy. Um, um, uh, music club in Austin. It's called. Mo oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and they work with Vans and they put out their own shoe. I'm so totally going to. You have a mohawk. You have to wear mohawks. <laughs> that is so fitting. That is fitting. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so you. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Reinvention. Yeah. For me, reinvention is is about not being attached to the to the past or to my own narrative and identity. And so, you That's know, right. one of the things that made me a successful real estate agent was that I would run hard after everything and, and that I wasn't afraid to break things and be chaotic. And that doesn't necessarily work real effectively when you're a business owner. And so, um, you know, I, I hired a, a, a great coach, um, and, and the challenge was really like, I got a lot of criticism in our in fact, we still do. And a lot of that criticism is based on um, when you go from nowhere to, you know, the number one agent in your, in your market, then uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of questions and a lot of, um, a lot of eyes that pay attention to things that we do and, and maybe um, aren't understood well. And, and part of being disruptive is doing, doing things inside the lines, but right on them. And so oh, I, yeah. Uh, so that was that was a lot of how well, that's I built the, success. Yeah, it yeah. says run disruptive plays. It, yeah, that's, that's definitely my mantra. So you're a man after my own heart. So go yeah. ahead. And right, yeah, right now is the like the last ninety days have been the perfect opportunity for disruption, and and so it, you know I've it's actually been something that I've enjoyed and thrived in is the last ninety days because it's a lot of how I how I started and how how I built the business, but. Um, but the reinvention piece was when you get criticism, I could either I could either decide to um, be a victim or I could I could be introspective and decide whether I actually needed to change. Was I who I wanted to be and thought I was or um, did I need to continue that growth path? And I had to be really clear with myself on who I was and, and who I wanted to be. 
Yeah, and 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 so what came of that? I shifted all my focus from sales to leadership and and told a different narrative. And that narrative was one that that um, I was an agent who who was trying to get back, trying to help as many other agents as possible. And um, and I really took the crit and I really took criticism personally. And and so it became kind of my goal that if um, if people were going to be critical, going to tell a negative story, it was my job to tell a different one and to tell the true story. And so we went on a PR campaign, kind of a self a self promoted PR campaign of of talking about what what um, our culture is, what what our vision is, what it looks like to to win with our um, with our team. And so we actually don't even do any um, real estate marketing at all. And we only um, actually talk about our team culture and the business itself on any of our social media um, sites. Because what I realized was the more we talk about who we are and the more we talk about what we stand for and our values and our beliefs, the easier it is to attract people to want to be a part of that mission. Yeah, that's a big idea, by the way. I mean, that's a that's a really big idea. So you literally, even though you kind of grew up in sales, you... Yeah. You step. You stepped away from sales and stepped into leadership, and changed the narrative around who you are in your business. Absolutely, absolutely, and that was, and that that was a hard thing to do because it takes getting really clear with with who I truly am and then who I wanted to be. And well, instead of you know, so, stop. so stop. So I want to hear yeah. that. So so tell me that. I think it's easy when we get criticism to to blame it on someone not understanding or blame it on um, being misunderstood or or um, blame the other person. And so I had to get real and decide, is it me or or is it everyone else? And if there's a pattern of of a lot of people feeling the same way, then I need to get really clear on maybe I am that person. Either I'm wildly misunderstood or I am that that person that I don't think that I am. And so part of it is, is just a logistical thing, too. I mean, it's, you know, we we run a different operation. I asked myself the question, which was, um, is it possible to um, to work no nights and no weekends and not answer our phone? You know, and I built the business. Uh, with a cell phone, and so I was getting 310 text messages a day at one point, and Whoa. yeah, and Whoa. like 60 calls, and it was miserable. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I want to zone in on that for just a second. Yeah. One, yeah. how'd you survive? But, but, okay. How do you flip from all of that to to where you are now? What? what tell me. Tell me how to do that. Yeah, I hired an amazing operations director, and that person fixed it truthfully. And, and how did they fix that? By um, by implementing a phone system that that took um, all of our marketing from uh, my cell phone to um, you know like a, a voice over IP phone company or something like a Twilio or Ring Central, um, and so getting the conversations off of my cell phone was probably one of the biggest steps towards actually getting a life back. And even then it still wasn't where I wanted to be because if my cell phone was number was anywhere, I was available. And I remember we had 187 showings, um, one, one like week weekend on new listings and, uh, my phone went just nuts. And 
it was miserable. I was trying to go to a wedding and um, couldn't really actually be present. And so I asked myself the question, is it possible to never answer calls and still sell homes? And I thought that like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, HUD, if I call, no one answers. I, I don't get the option to ask questions and yet they sell an awful lot of homes. So what do they know that I don't know? And through asking that question, we were, we were able to build a system to where we could minimize the friction that we caused other agents, which led to a lot of complaints and, and feedback. Um, that's a big but, idea. That's a, that's a, an enormous, enormous idea. Yeah. And if we didn't get it right, but, we, but, it, but it's always been constant evolution of trying to ensure that we can cut down on the friction that we, that we create in the marketplace by having a lot of listings and still wanting to have a life. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to write that down, actually. Um, now we right. can use it to effectively to our advantage, actually. And by advantage, I mean it actually benefits the customer and the business. So, yes, yeah, so we're closed on nights and weekends. And we, we ask everyone to email every piece of communication. They can call in, which goes to basically someone on the operations team or, or in the listing team. But, um, but any real communication from our listing agent to agent perspective is through email. And what that does is it actually creates a buffer um, where if I list the house on Wednesday, I now don't have to sell it realistically until next Wednesday, which means what what would have been uh, a house that goes in contract within 24 hours, I at least now get a week's worth of sign calls, leads, open houses, opportunity to, to drive, you know, that Black Friday pandemonium. So we now use being closed and unavailable as a way to get our sellers the best terms and the best price. That's in, that's interesting. That's a big that's a big idea. Uh, before we go, let's switch to to COVID nineteen. So, um, talk to me about um, um, how you're doing and what you're doing during this period. Well, we've been incredibly fortunate, Gary, and with that, we actually we went into um, stay at home with sixty pendings, and we closed all sixty of them. And I wow. I honestly attribute that to um, to being creative and getting outside of the box on on um, on what what our team saw as how real estate should be transacted. And so, what what's been amazing about this is it's it's challenged everyone to uh, rethink the customer experience. Okay, you know, so many of us have a definition of what this process should look like, and and what we think that. Um, the transfer of real estate is and i kind of boil it down to first principles thinking in that we're we are someone who's facilitating the exchange of an asset and how we service that that asset is um is up to the customer to decide it, it's not up for our agents to put our expectations on what the service level looks like and so it's become really easy now if if you if you tell us that you you expect to move by the end of july it's very easy to have a conversation now around the fact that Gary, if you're going to move by the end of the at the end of July, we're going to need to write an offer on one of the homes that we see this evening, and we're going to need to write an offer that that wins if you're committed to moving by the end of July. That's a conversation that was a lot more challenging to have 90 days prior when inventory levels were were inflated a little more than they are, still incredibly low, but 
Um, but by seeing the proof and the results of having hard, transparent conversations with each other and our customers, we're getting better results. And so now the proof is in the concept. And, um, and now, now it's so much easier for our agents to have conversations around um, how to actually accomplish what the customer wants. So what's been the biggest challenge you've had to overcome, Eric, right now with COVID-19? Well, Gary, I would say our biggest challenge right now is actually probably not even COVID-19 related. Um, you know, last last week I came home, uh, it was Wednesday night, and and um, Lauren, my wife, was sitting at the table and she was distraught, kind of holding back tears. And um, and I was questioning what I did maybe that day, like like every other guy, to, to contribute to that. And, um, you know, our, what I realized was that um, she was hurting. And, and she was hurting for um, the world and for people. And our son had been asleep for like 30 minutes and, um, and then he suddenly woke up and there were gunshots uh, outside of our window. And, um, and he's three and how do you, uh, nearly three, and how do you explain to a three-year-old what's going on when the streets are filled with people and, and there's gunshots and all he wants to do is go outside and play or go to daycare. And that's right now not an option for us, and um, and so, you know, it was challenging to see her feel that way and see see that hurt, and so many others feeling the same way. And yet, what I realized is that's actually the only challenge that we have. Mm. Everything else, we know how to to solve. Selling real estate is not the challenge. The challenge is, is how do we how do we make society better? Right? How do we have the safety and the vulnerability to have hard conversations? that make people uncomfortable to ensure that the next generation is so much better than, than, than my generation or your generation. And so that to me is the real challenge is, is giving people the platform to be heard and to be understood. And, and once we, once we give people that safety to be listened to and to be understood, everything else is so much easier. And, and real estate is exactly that equation listen to understand and then and then once we once we get perspective it's so easy to move forward and so um you know it's Eric, been a struggle but it's been awesome yeah you're you're a big spirit my friend you're a big you're a big thinker uh it's humbling just listening to you um thank you thank you for your time today thanks you as well gary and thanks for the email you sent out i know that that empowered a lot of people to take a stand as well yeah about yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's the it, it it's the the times we're in, it's the moment we're in and um well, we need to seize the moment in order to make change. There's no question yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you.